0: Thunderstorms. Known for lightning. Famous for sound effects. Nobody thinks much about them, so let's have some fun. Let's find out why thunderstorms are secretly incredibly fascinating. Welcome to a whole new podcast episode, a podcast all about why being alive is more interesting than people think it is. My name is Alex Schmidt, and I'm not alone. The great Robert Brockway and the great The Internet's Sean Baby return this week. Really exciting. You may remember them from the episode of this podcast about ham. I also hope you know them from their incredible comedy website. It's called 1900 Hotdog. And quick question, do you remember when comedy websites and their articles were fun to read and enjoyable to experience, and it looked like somebody put some effort into it? That was common in the past. It's rare now we are linking to one 900 Dog, where you can have that feeling again, and all the time. They have tons of new stuff all the time. They also have their own podcast. It's called Dog Zone 9000, so I am so glad Robert and Sean took time out of doing all that to guest on this podcast. Also, I've gathered all of our zip codes and used internet resources like native-land.ca to acknowledge that I recorded this on the traditional land of the Catawba, Eno, and Shakori peoples. Acknowledge Robert recorded this on the traditional land of the Podunk and Wangunk people. Acknowledge Sean recorded this on the traditional land of the Patwin, Muwekma, and Karkin people and acknowledge that in all of our locations, Native people are very much still here. That feels worth doing on each episode. And today's episode is about thunderstorms. Thunderstorms is the top patron pick for the month of August. Thank you to Laura Hadi for the fantastic suggestion. Two things to say about how we will tackle this topic of thunderstorms. One is that we are skipping over the middle school science class, high school science class super basics of how thunderstorms work. Like, you can just go read a science textbook to get, you know, that moisture and rising unstable air and a lifting mechanism come together to create a thunderstorm. You you can get that in class. We are going to focus on the most astounding, most astonishing things about this pretty much worldwide weather pattern. They happen basically everywhere. And there's a lot more to how they do that than people think. And then the other note about this one is that part of the show will be Zoom internet phone call audio, which is my backup audio system. It sounds totally good. You will totally enjoy the experience of hearing it. But I find that, uh, you know, some people just want a heads up when that happens. Also, it's going to be my voice that's that way. And just in the beginning, because there was an initial glitch with my mic and then I caught it and fixed it. And the rest of the show is regular mic audio. So I'll briefly be Zoom, and then, you know, by around the time the takeaways start, back to the microphone, back to the usual experience. Anyway, I think that's plenty of setup. So please sit back or attempt to wield the hammer of Thor, because you are either in Norse mythology or in Marvel Comics. He's just both things at once. We just did that. Either way, here's this episode of Secretly Incredibly Fascinating with Robert Brockway and Sean Baby. I'll be back after we wrap up. Talk to you then. Robert, Sean, it is so good to have you back on the show. As you know, I always ask guests their relationship to the topic or opinion of it. Either we can start, how do you feel about thunderstorms?
1: Well, I do own a Hulk Hogan's Thunder Mixer.
2: and uh, Of course you do. Nobody owns. You're the only one in the world.
0: (laughs) And I have
1: fallen in love in the rain 37 times.
0: I laughed at the concept of a Hulk Hogan Thunder Mixer, and I don't know what it is. What is that? It's a
2: real thing. It's like Hulk Hogan's uh, magic bullet, right?
0: Yeah, it's really
2: small. Like uh,
1: like it's more of a sex toy than a blender. Uh, I had a friend who actually used his and it broke after like three drinks. Uh, you, sort were of his... ab- you were absolutely poisoned. There's <laughs> no way that doesn't poison you. Right. I, th- I think he had the same uh, uh, agent as George Foreman and George Foreman got the grill and Hulk Hogan was really jealous of the grill and so he wanted something. So he got the uh, Thunder Mixer and it did not work out as well. And then years later, Hulk Hogan did try to get a grill,
2: which, again, people are like, we already have a George Foreman grill. We don't need a Hulk Hogan grill. So. And we, we just, you know what? We trust him more with meats. I don't know. Just to yeah. look at you, you don't look like you handle meats well. Mm-hmm. Right. You look like poorly handled meat, I think, is the problem. Hulk Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, always sunny.
1: they said Hulk Hogan had the skin of a hot dog, which is such an amazing burn.
2: Yeah, that is that is exactly it. Of like a of like a movie theater hot dog. Like a hot dog that you're like, Oh, yeah. that's been around. It's an yeah. experienced hot dog. 7-Eleven <laughs> hot dog. New record you know, for derailing the show. Do you think is you think this a new
0: record? No, I, I was going to say, um, your website is, is definitely not about hot dogs. And I'm thrilled how quickly we got to the topic of actual hot dogs. This is great.
2: <laughs> yeah. Look, this, this is, is really cunning. Cool. Our cunning plug. 1900 900 That's where all of this was going. It's all a plan. <laughs> Hulk Hogan flesh skin.com. That's right. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll bring us back in here. Uh, my experience with thunderstorms. Did you like that? Is that good? Oh, that was professional, oh great. Right? Masterful. <laughs> uh, I'm just kind of sick of them now, man. Connecticut has been nonstop crazy thunderstorms for the last, I want to say almost a month. And I've asked around and everybody's like, this is not normal. This is Uh like we get, you know, they get summer thunderstorms like like a lot of places do. But it has been just one long stop metal video. and, And it's it's kind of awesome. Like, our, it hasn't really inconvenienced me in any way. So uh, so I'm here for this. I'm here for our new future, if this is what it looks like. I'm going to get, like, non, non-metal armor for sure. Got to make that investment. You want that wood and lightning-proof armor. Ceramic yeah, armor, maybe. I got to spec into Druid a little
0: bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. <laughs> a lot of class changes, yeah. Because if, for people who don't know the United States well, it has a lot of thunderstorms, mainly in the central part. You know, like my fiance's from Texas. They had tons of thunderstorms growing up. Connecticut, not known for them. I don't know how many Connecticut stereotypes there are, but thunder is not one.
1: Not a good sign for the planet.
2: Yeah, not not great that it's like some of the craziest thunderstorms I've ever seen. And I lived in like, I lived in the desert for monsoon season. Oh so, no. <laughs> and these put these put that
0: to shame. It is just nuts. I also, I associate the two of you with like cool and extreme vibes. Maybe Robert, you have brought the thunder connecticut you know what i mean i mean like i did I
2: keep saying that to everybody i put that on my change of address form just to bring in thunder yeah and uh i, I really i gotta say I, I thought i was bluffing does that mean i'm the cool vibe you gotta be now <laughs> sweet
0: <laughs> right cool cop thunder cop
2: yeah
1: it's a standard <laughs> double uh-huh. thing that was really good schmitty i'd watch that and you,
2: you can be jet ski cop and now we're now we're all on board we all got our powers
0: <laughs> yeah that's the time because on every episode our first fascinating thing about the topic is a quick set mm-hmm. of fascinating numbers and statistics this week that's in a segment called it is time for stats now do 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 do
1: okay <laughs> Working on a night stats. Also, a good option. Yeah. Trying to make some front page driving
2: stats. <laughs> you got to fight <find> two stats.
0: No, <laughs> mine
1: doesn't work. That's from Blessed No, it works perfectly. I recognize it.
0: <laughs> the final countdown one that's from Big, Big Andy. Thank you, Big, Big Andy. We have a new name for this segment every week. Please make them as silly and wacky and bad as possible. Submit to SitPod on Twitter or to sitpod at gmail.com because always want a new one.
1: And sorry, Andy, for one-upping you so instantly. <sighs> Our
0: bad. Yeah, that's the thunder. We it, You were yeah, 4 and here it is. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and, and like I'll say in the intro of the show, there, there's like middle school, high school textbook stuff about thunderstorms. This episode is about the most amazing things about them. And to me, this first number is incredible. The number is 16 million. And 16 million is the approximate number of thunderstorms worldwide each year. And is that number going up or down? Oh, that's a good question. Do I don't know. Uh, I did, I found some stuff I'll link about uh, thunderstorms are increasing in the Arctic because it's getting warmer there. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's also causing a bunch of fires because the lightning hits the the trees and stuff. But- uh, And they're
1: thawing out a lot of aliens with crazy weather powers. That's just a thing. I,
0: I have less reporting on that, but sure. Yeah, cool. <laughs> uh,
2: I say up. <laughs> Just take that to heart. Up, up is the official stance of this podcast. That's a fact. He would never lead you astray. He does so much research, <laughs> and uh, Schmidt definitely says that it's uh, it's pretty much all thunderstorms all the time now.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Get yourself some wood armor. I mean, the stat makes me want to. Like, there aren't there aren't that many days in the year, and there are 16 million thunderstorms in the world yeah, in a year. That's too many. Come on, take it easy, God. <laughs> yeah <laughs> right and like every thunder god makes sense to me in multi-god religions like yeah totally mm-hmm. right of course yeah you'd have a guy for that yeah so you could blame
1: somebody <laughs> when your wooden armor gets exploded because i don't think it would work brockway i think the
2: wooden armors it's still gonna you know what we're, we're gonna see
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> It's like, hey, what brought you to Connecticut? Testing wood and armor against lightning, obviously. <laughs> Why else would I be in Connecticut?
2: Yes, it's, yes. it's the place. And for if it, it works, uh, I am the mayor of Connecticut. I know. I know that's not how that works, but it is now, because I am the master of lightning.
0: <laughs> <laughs> vote master of lightning. Yeah, that's, he's got my vote. Vote master. You can't beat that. Also, well, the uh, so that sixteen million number—it's coming from. The Severe Storms Laboratory at the National Oceanic oh, the and lab. Atmospheric mm-hmm. Administration, or NOAA, and yes, totally the coolest lab. Like that's that's the one you elect into if you have a choice. But uh, yeah, that's part of the U.S. government. They say also that that out of that 16 million thunderstorms, about 100,000 of them are in the United States. Uh, I don't know if that's a high or low amount. It's just a lot. Uh, it feels
2: low. I think we could do better. Let's uh, let's put America back on top. <laughs> Yeah, it, the U.S. is a lot of land, you know? Like, why not? thunderstorms, everybody. Yeah. yeah, get on
0: it, listeners.
2: Everyone do your part. Yeah, if we all come together in one spot and get really mad together, I'm pretty <laughs> sure that's how you make a thunderstorm.
0: <laughs> this
1: weekend, uh, sacrifice a goat to Thor.
0: Right. When was the last time you did that, you know? Tuesday. And the, uh, the other number here coming from them is 2,000. And the NOAA says that that's how many thunderstorms are in progress at any given moment. Ah. So like right now, there's probably about 2000 thunderstorms happening in the world. Hmm. It's mind boggling. Yeah, we got to
2: we got to use that somehow. Yeah, we'll plan a heist while the 2000 yeah. thunderstorms are going. It's perfect distraction. Oh, we get those jet skis and we like, oh, no, that, they already did that in a movie. Hmm. Yeah. Is that Christian Slater, though? I, I think we could probably do better than Christian Slater. Better than I Christian can, Slater? Can Are you insane? I can heist better than Christian Slater. All right. I can't DJ better, but I can heist better. Can you glean the cube better? <laughs> no. No. I, I
0: oh, never no even can? gleaned a single cube.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I never thought of, like, you know how in Ocean's Eleven they're like, we do the heist during the boxing match or whatever. Right. I never thought of. Every heist, they were like, we're doing it during the 2,000 thunderstorms. That's true, if you think about it. Every heist has taken place during 2,000 thunderstorms. (laughs) It's brilliant. Like a broad daylight bank robbery. They're like, we'll wait till there's 2,000 thunderstorms somewhere, (laughs) and then we'll do it. (laughs) It's a great plan, boss. (laughs) Well, the next number here is three. And three is the number of basic types of thunderstorms. Uh, According to mental floss, there's a single cell storm and then a multi-cell storm and then a supercell. They're all formed by the same general process, but uh, also going to link National Geographic because they break down how supercells contain a vortex of rotating atmospheric air known as a mesocyclone, and that's why they can generate tornadoes. Mm -hmm. So I I, I feel like people are fascinated by tornadoes. They already are way into that, Mm -hmm. But, but thunderstorms are what create them a lot of the time.
2: There's like four good band names in there.
0: <laughs> Mesocyclone and stuff? Yeah,
2: Mesocyclone?
0: <laughs> Supercell? Oh, somebody's got to have Supercell. Supercell's got to exist. The next number here is over 60,000 feet. A lot of big numbers on this one. Over 60,000 feet. That is the potential That's altitude. That's the number of
1: feet in clown refrigerators at any given moment. <laughs>
0: <laughs> from their murders yeah cool
1: yeah from, of course from their murders yes <laughs> or the, are the ones they find from their murders. A clown's from not their murders gonna is implied leave a foot in the gutter if he finds a foot he's gonna take that foot home but i mean that's very rare I, it,
2: but that that foot is from another clown murder yeah
1: statistically <laughs> like, <I'm> negligible
0: <laughs> probably from another clown murder i'm realizing cool. i did not really bring up growing up in Illinois, which has a lot of thunderstorms. But I'm now thinking of Illinois with John Wayne Gacy, so that's great. Uh, that's <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's weird that that's my go-to with my home state. Capital of <laughs>
2: thunderstorms and clown murders. <laughs> not related, unless maybe. Well, maybe they are. That would be a terrible postcard. Oh, oh, <laughs> thunderstorms and clown murders. Wish you were here. <laughs> Somebody mocked that because, up, though. I, yeah. I think I disagree. I think it would be a great postcard. <laughs> I interrupted the fact it
0: was over 60,000 feet. And that is the potential altitude of a thunderstorms cloud structure. It could be that high in, in the atmosphere. And, and that number significant because it means that like regular commercial planes, you know, they're flying what, 30,000 feet? And so a lot of times they need to go around thunderstorms or turn around if there's no way back. Like you, you can't really fly through one safely. And so call it shooting the cell. Yeah. (laughs) Shoot the cell. But yeah, like if you've been on a plane, everybody's experienced turbulence. uh, And also it turns out most planes are really well designed to be hit by lightning according to CNN, each plane in the U S commercial fleet gets struck by lightning about once a year. And you know, you don't really notice as a passenger, it just kind of happens, but the, the wind and the turbulence of going like straight into the middle of a thunderstorm is too dangerous because uh, they're high enough that a plane exactly. can't go over it. So they have to go around it.
2: I bet there's one hotshot pilot out there who just doesn't back down. Mm-hmm.
0: Who just sees right those things building and
2: it's like, not today. Yeah. <laughs> (laughs) You got to slam on the brakes, trick the thunderstorm goes right past you. Oh, that's a
0: genius idea. No one's ever thought of (laughs) that. Yeah, I guess there's no movies about the pilot who gets into Dallas Fort Worth a little late because they went around it. huh? That's not not the film. (laughs) Yeah, no one's watching that.
2: (laughs) But we are watching shooting the cell. Right. Shoot the shot pilot Christian Slater.
0: (laughs) Well, there's one more number here before we get into takeaways. Uh, the last number is eight point four minutes. Eight point four minutes—not a lot of time—and that is the approximate that's how long it takes for a Thunder Cop to get the to talk. Okay. <laughs> no, I, w- yeah. I wonder if he feels like that's too long. Like he's trying to get it down, you know? Yeah. I just feel like it's too long. It's, it's kind of a while for a head-to-head I feel interrogation. Like, like Cool Cop would have that done
2: in like yeah. under five, and jet ski Cop. Oh, well, man, like I, a minute 30.
1: A dude came in in wooden armor, and it took him like 11 hours to get a, a confession, and
0: that really threw off his his average. I'm telling you, it works. <laughs> but anyway, the number is 8.4 minutes, and that's the approximate amount of warning time the average U.S. resident gets before a tornado. Uh, so that's short. That doesn't seem like enough. Oh, man. That's, yeah. that's a lot. <laughs> And it's a pretty recent number. The source for this is a Vox.com article by Brian Resnick written in June 2021. And he's citing Washington Post analysis covering 2012 to 2020. But they say the average amount of time is 8.4 minutes. Obviously, that means half of people have less time. And that's meaningful. U.S. tornadoes kill an average of 68 people per year. And many other regions of the world have them too, basically all of Europe. It's a an important thing that our apparently meteorologists are doing their best with. Uh, the article just says it's extremely hard to tell whether a supercell thunderstorm will or will not generate tornadoes. So you basically start to get warning like as it's coming down or or right before. I'm confronting a bias
2: I didn't know I had here, and that I guess I unconsciously thought of tornadoes as like that's America's thing. <laughs> that's funny. That's, that's our one. Like, I can't picture a tornado like hitting a windmill in the Netherlands or something. <laughs> I'm trying to, trying to picture it. And no, it's it's just this is America. You know what?
0: Let's take it back. Yeah.
2: Tornadoes yeah. for Americans.
0: Yeah, we'll link a we'll link an article. This is the NOAA again. They say that the United Kingdom has more tornadoes relative to its land area than any other country. See, that's yeah, that should be so us. Sense. Yeah, but <laughs> Americans need to get they need to get back on top.
2: Right? right. You picture, just try it right now. Like, close your eyes and really picture a British guy freaking out about a tornado. Absurd. <laughs> it doesn't work. It doesn't work at all. They don't even have a
1: word for it. They're like, what, what, what? They're like, they just goo comes out of their mouth. <laughs> you see a big twirly whirly. They're like, they, they, they can't even describe it.
2: Hey, it's a willy-walshy.
0: <laughs> Ridiculous. Well, and also uh, the U.S. does lead the list of tornado counts. We get the most per year. And Canada is a distant second, it says. So, so they're relatively rare in the rest of the world, but, but they do okay. get them. So we can feel like some American pride in being number one.
2: All right. Uh, I for will. For tornadoes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We're best at counting tornadoes, at least. Yeah. And I did, I did, before researching, I kind of thought we were the only ones. Like I thought it just didn't happen other places at all. But it's it's
2: never really confronted that. Like it was something I I wouldn't have told somebody like America's the only place that gets tornadoes. You you get back across that border. (laughs) But uh, but yeah, I guess I believe that.
0: Like during the Olympics, like we're going to win these events because we get tornadoes. And they're like and other countries are like, this is track and field. I don't know why that would matter. It's like, shut up. We have the
2: tornadoes. We are the tornadoes. Or like, I guess I'm picturing maybe if they are tornadoes, they're like smaller and wimpier than ours, right? They're like little half-sized tornadoes. Yeah,
0: they're not like super tough American tornadoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, ours are bigger. Yeah, this NOAA article kind of says that. Like it says those British ones are yes. relatively weak. Yeah, yes. So, yeah. <laughs> I love the <laughs> NOAA. But uh, but yeah, and if, if people want to read exactly how this works, that Box.com article talks to... University of Oklahoma meteorologist Amy McGovern about this in particular. And she says it's just not well understood why it's so hard to predict the uh, tornado. She says, like, meteorologists will look at two identical supercell storms and not be able to tell why you, why one does tornadoes and one doesn't. It's just very hard to tell.
2: Wizards. <laughs> yeah. <Salt. laughs> it's wizards.
0: Next. Rockway has next, not been wrong yet. yet. <laughs> right. <laughs> Call- Call so Dr. and it, it, say- It is
2: mostly wizards. And say, man, You find I'll, that
0: out. Uh, we figured it out. But yeah, the, the tornado thing, like, like there's the movie Twister about tornadoes and everything. I, I think people are way into them. We're going to celebrate thunderstorms more today, the generators of them.
1: Yeah, that was you back know? when uh, there was like that trend of people driving their trucks into tornadoes all the time. Like there was three or four reality shows about people that just drove into-
2: Yeah, storm chasing was hot. Yeah, hot stuff.
1: <laughs> that was like ghost chasing today. For you kids. All those people must have gotten carried away by the winds, right? Like they just, all their shows got canceled at the same time. It must have, they all must have driven into the wrong storm. And
2: somebody else came out and was just like, all those people dead. Hey, what about ghost hunting? That's, that makes
1: sense. <laughs>
2: the, the ghost chasers
1: were trying to find the
0: storm chasers. Right. <laughs> By this episode, uh, there are two big takeaways about thunderstorms, and the first one is a large one. Let's get into takeaway number one. Scientists are still discovering amazing new things about thunderstorms thanks to space exploration and thanks to volcanoes.
1: Hmm.
0: I know there was a chunk of stuff there, but we're always finding new stuff about thunderstorms still, even though they've been here forever, and that's in particular thanks to space exploration and then also closer analysis of volcanoes. Oh, our greatest scientists. Volcanoes. Volcanoes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, And, and in the run up to doing this, like I, I sent you guys a few pictures and then Brockway was like, that's great. I have a picture to send back, which is a, a dirty thunderstorm. It's a huge volcano thing. That was really cool that you know about that. It's so amazing.
2: Yeah. Well, it's, it's called Volcanic Lightning, and only idiots call it a Dirty Thunderstorm, but I love to call it a Dirty Thunderstorm, and I love to say it like this, it's a Dirty Thunderstorm. <laughs> yeah, it's a real thunder cop thing to say. It's great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if, you, if anybody doesn't know about Volcanic Lightning, look up Volcanic Lightning or Dirty Thunderstorm for just the most metal gun thing you will ever see in your life. Mm-hmm. They're pretty sweet.
0: Yeah, it's real album cover stuff. It's it's really, like, just the, photo- the photographs are amazing. It is. And if you squint, you can just see Dio in
2: every picture. I mean, sometimes he's just, like, getting rocked off to the side, and sometimes he's, like, real little up front, giving you the double <laughs> horns. But he's in there. It's like a Where's
0: Waldo. <laughs> Blenda and these thunderstorms, like, people have known about them, I think, for a long time. But it's relatively recent to know how and why they work. But the, the basic situation is after a, a volcanic eruption already cool, there will often be a massive thunderstorm like on top of the location, which just is is incredible. What an amazing sight and what an amazing situation.
2: <laughs> just nature getting down with itself.
0: <laughs> it's nature's guitar solo right there. Yeah. <laughs> the new science is that they recently figured out that these thunderstorms work differently than regular ones. Because in a regular thunderstorm, you get lightning because of... The the short version is you get lightning because of collisions between the frozen water particles inside a thundercloud. And them colliding creates a difference in electric charge, and then the difference gets resolved by a bolt of lightning hitting the ground and, and a clap of thunder because of that energy releasing. But and then so that's regular lightning it's it's ice crystals and hail and other water colliding in a volcanic lightning volcanic thunderstorm it's caused by volcanic gas and ash according to wired.com quote when immense bubbles of gas pop inside a volcano that causes small but powerful explosions of incandescent rock and ash that fly hundreds of feet per second all that ash creates friction which creates static electricity and that is what causes the lightning encircling a volcanic eruption.
2: God, that rules! Explosions yeah, that rules. causing lightning, explosion-based lightning. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, like, and I, I feel like this is a really out of the ordinary thunderstorm too. Like, so many listeners have probably experienced one, but they haven't experienced this. This is different. And you should <laughs> go find it, seek it out. Yeah, get it. If you it get sounds some. like
1: how like. It sounds like how Superman might have solved the problem in like a episode of the Super Friends. Like it's just like, oh, I've got to clap my hands to cause an explosion. This will cause lightning. It just sounds like total nonsense.
0: <laughs>
2: right. I feel like if you survive one of those uh, dirty thunderstorm, like certainly, I don't know if you're getting superpowers, but you're getting something. You're getting like a like an amulet or like a oh yeah some sort of glowing cube. I don't know, but you're getting something cool.
0: Yeah, you should. Like we'll also we'll link a, a National Geographic article about. A particularly huge one, the Anak Krakatau volcano in Indonesia, it erupted in December 2018, and part of the volcano fell into the ocean, causing a tsunami, and that also sprayed seawater into this volcanic thunderstorm, and apparently that made it... Captain Planet came out. Yeah, more or less. <laughs> uh, and with the seawater, uh, the the article describes it as supercharging the thunderstorm, the seawater vapor, uh-huh, and yeah. it created more than one hundred thousand flashes of lightning. At its peak, it generated seventy two flashes of lightning per minute, which is more than one per second. So, so these are it, these are incredible storms. It's amazing the Earth can do this.
1: Brockway and I are starting a non-profit that will take survivors of these storms and present them with a sacred cube. <laughs> and task them with
0: so. fighting crime. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you had such a cube, perhaps you would gleam it. Am I right about that? Is that what you do? Oh, you could definitely, you could definitely gleam these oh, cubes. Okay, yeah, cool. <laughs> Self-gleaming cubes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like an infomercial, like, are you tired of gleaming cubes yourself?
1: Some house mom just totally ungleaming her cube, We're like oh, looking into camera. Oh, I can't right. gleam the cube. Get it together, lady. <laughs> Buy our product.
0: We're the black and white footage of the big red X over. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. With those volcanic thunderstorms, like I love all this new thunderstorm science because again, we've had thunderstorms forever and ever. But National Geographic says that the first theories about these volcanic ones being different came in some 1960s studies of a volcano in Iceland and then it's taken further studies all the way in the 2010s to get stronger evidence to back the idea that that these volcanic ones work differently like it's it's a pretty new finding even though these are storms that you would think are like the first thing a meteorologist wants to work on like this is the severe storms lab right, number 1 think. thing
2: cuz every every storm chaser that went into a exploding volcano thunderstorm mm-hmm. did not come back
0: oh true they all probably got exploded right. yeah unless
2: unless they had unfinished business on earth they did not come back
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. which means an entire generation of children wanted to get vengeance for their missing volcano scientist parents
2: <laughs> and that's why we that's this generation of scientists that's why we exactly. are understanding more revenge <laughs>
0: Just, like, really sad orientation at the Severe Storms Lab. Like, I also <laughs> have that background, actually. Yeah. Uh, yep. Yep. Yeah. Put me down, too. We all lost our uh. parents, didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh. <sighs> well, the ne- next new thing here is uh, it's it's pretty simple, and, and they're still just poking around with it. But we're discovering some new ways lightning goes because we are starting to look at it from space. Uh, Because one source of this is the International Space Station. Space.com writes about the Atmosphere Space Interactions Monitor, or ASIM, and that is a new European Space Agency model on the International Space Station. It points out a thing I never thought about, which is that basically all study of thunderstorms has happened from the ground. And this ASIM module went online in 2018, and now they're seeing stuff like blue jets, which is upward shooting lightning. also what they call elves which is optical and ultraviolet emissions from the bottom of the ionosphere i don't really know what that is but uh they they've published a lot of them elves like like an elf it's spelled e-l-v-e-s the same as elves like elves yeah it maybe it's pronounced way differently we got thunder elves (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh it's rules i need to learn more
2: about thunderstorms that's a that's an acdc christmas song for sure right
0: (laughs) <laughs> like the, it's some part of the Silmarillion that I didn't read it, so like I don't know. But but those readers right. are like, of course, this is <laughs> a thing everyone knows.
2: Thunder Hills.
1: <laughs> yeah, you, you know the guy who named it was a nerd. There, that definitely could be a deep cut
2: Tolkien reference. <laughs> it really <laughs> yeah. could. Yeah. yeah, all the other scientists are like, oh man, are you sure, Terence? Terence, you, yeah, you can't.
1: It's gonna be sweet. Named it Arizona Saurus because we found it in Arizona. Yeah. Well, I'm naming this lightning elves because thunder elves are the best.
0: Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, also this this next thing sounds like a fantasy thing too. This is a new observation from the ground, which is that in the past few decades we have discovered something called jellyfish sprites. And I sent you guys a picture of one because it's very intense looking. But this is a, just a new thing we're seeing in thunderstorms from the ground. That's amazing.
2: Yeah, I'll fight that. Jellyfish sprites. I'll fight that with a bow and arrow. I mean, it'll have to be enchanted somehow, but I'll, I'll fight it. <laughs> yeah, it'll need to be very enchanted,
0: I think, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Some kind of flying mount, I guess. Uh, this is getting complicated. Well, and if people want to see it, there's a great article about them by Teresa Makamer for Smithsonian in August 2020. Um, She's covering findings by Stephen Hummel, who is a dark sky specialist at UT Austin. And what he does is he sets up video cameras to just film Texas thunderstorms. And once in a while, he's gotten an amazing clip or picture of a jellyfish sprite, which is a massive electrical formation. Uh, the, The picture looks like a humongous red, like War of the Worlds jellyfish in the sky. It's incredible.
2: Yeah, it's definitely like the next Stranger Things. That's
0: going yeah. to be one of the bad guys. But yeah, and these things, uh, Atlas, Atlas Obscura says they're categorized as a transient luminous event, or TLE. They're usually red streaks in the sky, and sometimes there's a dome-shaped burst on top that makes it look jellyfish-shaped. And it's red because... It, always, a chosen one is born. It's It feels that way. Like, it it, it burns less hot than lightning, so it's red, Very hard to see with the naked eye, but they can be as big as 30 miles across. And my favorite part, this from Smithsonian, quote, the existence of these sprites was only confirmed in 1989. But since then, they've been photographed on every continent except Antarctica, and astronauts have even spotted sprites from space, end quote. So they're spreading. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. They're procreating. Someone laid a jellyfish sprite egg. That's true. It does feel like the the intro to a Pacific Rim type movie, I guess. Like, we've right, like, started to see the monsters last 30 years. <laughs> more yep. and more of them. They're yeah. on every continent now. <laughs> right, every continent. We need, like, weird themed pairs of people and robots to fight them. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> does every continent have its own Christian Slater yet? Oh. We might be screwed.
0: God, America is so far ahead of the game on that. <laughs> When there there's one more uh, new thunderstorm discovery here. It's that astronomers on Earth accidentally figured out a way to measure the energy in a thunderstorm in a whole new way. We have the best measurements that we've ever had of that. Well, uh, there's two sources here. One is Jason Daly writing for Smithsonian. The other is Adam Mann writing for National Geographic. Th- those two sites have been amazing for this whole episode. So in, in 2019, there's an observatory at Udagamandalam in Tamil Nadu in southern India. They did a new study because they, they have, it's a massive array telescope that observes cosmic rays at a subatomic level. It's, it's like the most cutting edge astronomy and particle physics and everything else. And then for some reason, at some point, they realized they could also just point that at thunderstorms. And easily measure the voltage in them. Like, they they just realized, oh, "Oh, there's like an extra thing we can do with our amazing astronomy equipment. Well, there's like
2: 16 million of them. Probably didn't have a choice.
0: Uh, (laughs) Every continent. Sprites on every continent. (laughs) Yep. Warning signs are here, people. Yeah, and this is uh, one of the study co-authors. His name is Sunil Gupta. He's a high energy physicist. And he said, quote, this was more of an amusing episode for us than anything serious. We were studying high energy cosmic rays and interplanetary space, and not so much the thunderstorms end quote. just cute. just a cute little thing that happened to work. We learned how to
2: speak to thunderstorms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're just like doing a bit. yeah. we sold out humanity
0: to them as as anybody would do. <laughs> yeah, you'll be fine. Good luck
2: uh, <laughs> It was fun. It was all a fun little exercise
0: mm-hmm. but and uh, and so National Geographic says their readings found that one thunderstorm they looked at contained 1.3 billion with a b volts of energy. And that's also 10 times higher than any previous reading of a thunderstorm. Because uh, the old methods were to either like release balloons into it with instruments on them or try to fly a very small plane through it with instruments. And that's just not a great system. And so this this amazing cosmic ray telescope probably got us a much better number in 2019. Sweet.
2: Yeah, but put so many thunder pilots out of business it was the coolest yeah. job. <laughs> At what cost? At what
0: cost? Advancement? It de- it definitely feels like a like it's also why we didn't know more about volcanic thunderstorms. Like it's so dangerous. That's a, that's such a dumb experiment to do. I feel.
1: Uh, <laughs> and so they were just sending like balloons and planes in and getting numbers, and now they find out those numbers were all wrong.
0: Right. They were kind of wasting their time, probably. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Just Uh, wasting all those,
1: wasting all those balloons on nothing?
2: God. Yeah. Pilots coming back like, "Uh, I guess 12.
0: Uh, (laughs) 12 volts. (laughs) Yeah. It's a lot. Definitely a lot. Over. Off of that, we are going to a short break, followed by a whole new takeaway. Because of both of you. Oh, subscribe to Jordan Jesse Go, a comedy show for grown-ups. <laughs> well there's a, there's just one other takeaway for this main episode and let's get into it. Takeaway number two. There are a few places on earth where thunderstorms are the main weather pattern. There's gonna be two specific places where like the most common weather that they experience is a full-on thunderstorm. I am house shopping, so lay it on me. <laughs> I got heists to plan, so yeah. I could I could use a, tell me where that bank is. So, Sean, I've been tracking your Zillow, and I'm very sorry to say that you have actually purchased the Thunderstorm house. Uh, it's going to uh, be really loud. It's not bad news at all. <laughs> okay. Sorry. I'm going to heist it. <laughs> I'm going to heist your house. Yeah. And And at least one of these is a place that my sources say people live. Like, it's it's definitely, there's definitely a community there and everything. Um, Because this first one is a place called Catatumbo, which is in Venezuela. And main source here is the trilobite section of the New York Times. It's a story written by Joanna Klein, uh, also Atlas Obscura, and then NASA. Catatumbo, it's, uh, it's a place in Venezuela. It's where the Catatumbo River empties into Lake Maracaibo in northwest Venezuela, and so there's this marshy area where the river meets the sea. But because of geography and other stuff, the location experiences a thunderstorm almost every day. According to an analysis published in the Bulletin of the American Meteorological Society, this location, Catatumbo, has a thunderstorm approximately 297 days per year. 297 out of 365, more than 80%. So, like, what do they do for hobbies? Like, you couldn't play basketball. <laughs> sure you could. Just really
2: hardcore <laughs>
1: basketball. You got to start with big teams. By the end, it's one-on-one. <laughs> you wrap the ball in foil, you play lightning ball. Oh, my God, that sounds awesome. <laughs> right? Catatumbo lightning ball. Yeah, I'd watch that sport.
0: Yeah, be, the article says also, like, a lot more people get struck by lightning than average in this town. Like, it seems very hard <laughs> well, to live yeah. there. Like, it's... it's <laughs> <laughs> Amazing people are there. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they're also apparently humongous thunderstorms. Uh, it's not uncommon to count 200 rays of lightning per minute. Jesus. Also, the story says that a lot of times the thundercloud, quote, turns into a giant lantern that brightens the night. And they interviewed somebody who said, quote, right, that doesn't sound like meteorology. That that sounds like some kind of curse.
2: Yeah. <laughs> right. We're dealing well, with. Do. With like this is some sort of like anime thing happening. Like there's going to be a giant robot hiding in that cloud. Has someone looked directly under Catatumbo for some sort of a sleeping monster? They should. Yeah, do they got like a real suspicious looking mountain. Mm-hmm.
0: The the mountain kind of actually yeah. Uh, so yeah. what a yep.
2: yeah. Yep. We solved it.
0: They they actually do know exactly why this happens, because apparently it's just because of geography. And Joanna Klein describing it for Trilobites, quote, the secret lies in the unique topography of the place. To the south, the Andes Mountains cross Lake Maracaibo in a horseshoe shape, while the Caribbean Sea touches it to the north. So the cold mountain breeze descends into the valley at night and collides with the warm wind that comes from the sea and the lake in such a way that it creates optimal conditions for the lightning, end quote. They're basically just in a like a a trough or a trench or something where warm and cold mm-hmm. air do thunderstorm stuff more than eighty percent of days of the year. A lot of fancy science
2: terms to say big
0: sleeping robot. <laughs> yeah, waiting yeah, that's for
2: true. a schoolgirl with daddy issues to wake it up. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah it's it's just a it's a particular arrangement of geography, so also this's been happening for a long long time like this is not a climate change thing this is not a a man made thing it's just how the the earth is shaped there they get constant thunderstorms
2: and like they they haven't done anything cool with it they don't have like they
0: don't run their town on thunderstorms or anything <laughs> so there there's a few little cool things they've done one is that this Place is in a Venezuelan state called Zulia, and so the state flag of Zulia is a bolt of lightning design. Like oh. they, they've they, it's such it's so characteristic of the area that they're like that's our thing, just lightning. Yeah, you gotta mention it on the flag. So that's dope. Yeah, that's a cool cool flag. Just a bolt flag. of lightning and a person underneath it dying.
1: <laughs> Does anyone like cook their food with the lightning? Like take a pot of hot dogs outside, some wooden armor. Hold it up to the sky. yeah.
0: (laughs) Not till now, my friend. I mean, also, listeners, like, I'm sure, I I doubt anybody lives there, but if anybody's visited, let me know, because also, apparently, the town does, like, what they call lightning tourism, Uh, and and Trilobites talked to Alan Hyten, who runs a lightning tourism business, and like, his pitch to them is, hey, like, storm chasers have to run all over, but, quote, The uniqueness of Catatumbo is that you can sit here in our camp, drink a cold beer, and the storms will come to you, end quote. All right. Why are you
2: guys out there chasing storms? They're right here. They're all coming here. They're (laughs) just making their way over.
0: Just meet up with them. (laughs) (laughs) Right, like thunderstorms are so chaotic. And this is one of, as far as I can tell, two places on Earth where they'll just come hang. Like, you know, like you have an appointment. It sounds awesome.
1: Pointment with thunder. Yeah, <laughs> I would probably have to leave my dog in America. I bet nobody has a pet dog there.
0: Oh man, yeah, don't, yeah, don't own a dog there. That's not nice to dogs. We do. We only have cats, and I think our cats are pretty chill with thunderstorms when we've gotten them here in North Carolina. They're like, yeah, okay, sure. Yeah, there is a thunder cat. Oh yeah, thunder yeah, cats are true. things. It's
2: a whole team, and, of them. right? <laughs> I mean, that's why we have them. Right, my cat Chitara. Yeah, right.
0: That's who. <laughs> that's who I own. <laughs> well, uh, uh, one more thing about this this Catatumbo uh, thunderstorm. Then we'll do the other one. the The Catatumbo thunderstorm has a couple of nicknames. One of them is the Eternal Storm of Catatumbo, which is just cool. Which is awesome. But the other nickname yeah. is the Lighthouse of Maracaibo, and that's because this is such a huge and consistent thunderstorm that a lot of sailors have used it like a lighthouse, like as a navigational landmark when they're off the coast of northern South America there. To stay away from. Yeah, hopefully. To stay very far away from. (laughs) Right, it's a good tip. Uh, Like, whoa. (laughs) But that brings us to the other place that kind of always has a thunderstorm, which is, it's a location on the coast of northern Australia, but the thunderstorm is named Hector. People named it. Hmm. They decided to name it Hector. Hector nickname. the thunderstorm, maybe not a great name for a thunderstorm. <laughs> the also and also its nickname from meteorology people is Hector the convector because there's a lot of convection in thunderstorm, so that's fun. But <sighs> uh,
1: but <sighs> that our, is fun. I, I, I got a lot of notes on the two names here, but that's okay. <laughs> we don't need to get into it.
0: Well, and uh, our key sources here are the Guardian and Gizmodo, and then the University of Melbourne, because again, this is in Australia. Uh, The location is Ratuati-Irara. That's two islands. They're also known as the Tiwi Islands, and they're in the northern territory of Australia. It's just north of the mainland. And it's another geography thing. The islands are cone-shaped, and the Guardian says this helps to funnel the sea breeze rapidly upwards, convecting the warm and humid air, and that creates a deep and impressive cumulonimbus thundercloud and it is so consistent it not only does a a thundercloud form there most days it forms at 3 p.m. local time well you get such a watch by it uh, yeah at a
2: clock everybody
0: yeah like it's a clockwork thunderstorm in northern australia man storm chasers are so dumb <laughs> seriously <laughs> right americans are running everywhere and they could just go to uh, venezuela or australia
2: You don't even have to wait for it. You can make an appointment. (laughs) Right.
0: (laughs) Well, and uh, and Gizmodo says the name of Hector came from Allied pilots in World War II because uh, some of them down there were flying between the city of Darwin and the island of Papua New Guinea. And they would see it so often that they started using the thunderstorm as a navigational aid. And then they also, like, gave it a person name because they just Mm -hmm. found it cool. Like, oh, my buddy Hector is helping me do this fight
2: so if you find if we if we can find another eternal storm we get to name it oh i would say yes is that is that the rules
0: yes let's uh, establish that law on the show
2: christian slater
1: perfect name (laughs) way better than hector i've got a date with christian
2: slater at 3 (laughs) p.m he's electric no he'll kill you he will he will absolutely kill you
0: that is the main episode for this week. My thanks to Robert Brockway and to Sean Baby for bringing the thunder sometimes as fake cops. Anyway, said so that's the main episode because there is more secretly incredibly fascinating stuff available to you right now. If you support this show on patreon.com, Patrons get a bonus show every week where we explore one obviously incredibly fascinating story related to the main episode. This week's bonus topic is a set of thunderstorms with surprising historical importance. And we don't mean that the easy way where there was a naval battle and and like a storm sank everybody. These are thunderstorms that changed the whole course of history without just sinking boats. Visit sifpod.fun for that bonus show, for a library of more than four dozen other bonus shows, and to back this entire podcast operation. And thank you for exploring thunderstorms with us. Here is one more run through the big takeaways. Takeaway number one, scientists are still discovering amazing new things about thunderstorms thanks to space exploration and thanks to volcanoes. And takeaway number two there are a few places on Earth where thunderstorms are the main weather pattern. Plus, tons of stats and numbers from there, including the 2,000 or so thunderstorms happening all over the Earth right now. Those are the takeaways. Also, please follow my guests, they're great. Robert and Sean are the creators and heads of 1 900 Hot Dog. 1900hotdog.com is the URL, it's also on Patreon, a bunch of the site is free to read, and then there's even more stuff if you support them. And Robert and Sean do more stuff beyond that. Robert is a novelist, I'm linking his latest called Carrier Wave, Sean does all kinds of amazing gaming projects, such as a game he made called Calculords, these two guys are bursting with entertainment for you. Many, many research sources this week, here are some key ones. An incredible article from National Geographic, it's called Volcanic Eruption Sparked a Week-Long Thunderstorm and Scientists Want to Know Why, that is by Maya Wei Haas. A really cool article for Smithsonian by Teresa Machamer, where you can see Stephen Hummel's pictures of jellyfish sprites. And then an amazing piece from the Trilobite section of the New York Times, all about the Catatumbo thunderstorms, that's written by Joanna Klein. Find those and many more sources in this episode's links at sifpod.fun. And then beyond all that, our theme music is Unbroken, Unshaven by The Budos Band. Our show logo is by artist Burton Durand. Special thanks to Chris Souza for audio mastering on this episode. Extra, extra special thanks go to our patrons. I hope you love this week's bonus show. And thank you to all our listeners. I'm thrilled to say we will be back next week with more secretly incredibly fascinating so how about that talk to you then